<laughs> Psalm 85. It's one of the places we're going. How many? No, it'll go. It'll be more than one. Psalm 85, Habakkuk chapter one, Isaiah chapter six, something like that. Psalm 13. It's had a question on my mind. There's just things, that's, that's, if you ever wonder how preachers arrive at things, sometimes it's just a thought or a question or a song or a verse or you just never know what's going to, what's going to resonate in your spirit. All week for this morning, it was a Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, from the first time that crossed my mind, I, that was it. And I've just had two words on my mind for tonight. And that is, how long? How long? And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just mad. <laughs> Thank you for, you know, I, I need to pick up some Gene Summers lingo. Gene would say, thank you for those looks. <laughs> Mad, angry. Think, well, I don't know if you come to the pulpit that way. You know, I, you know, I have a real, another question. I, how long is what's on my mind? Uh, and I'm just, Jeff, I'm just mad about some things. And, and you say, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, anger is a, is a scriptural um, it's not forbidden. I find lots of times when God got angry, and when he got angry, he got down to business. Yeah, he did. Jesus got angry. He was perfect in all of his ways. So that te- if Jesus got angry and he was perfect in all of his ways, then that tells me there's a time for it. Hello? We get all messed up in what this thing is. Angry. You know, that, and sometimes then the question would be, sometimes, why aren't you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. It's a valid question. How, how, why aren't you? Say, well, what are we talking about? We'll get there in a minute. How long? Psalm 85 Verse 1 says, Lord, you have been favorable to your land and have brought back the captivity of Jacob and forgiven the iniquity of your people. You've covered all their sin. You've taken away all your wrath. And you've turned from the fierceness of your anger. Verse 4 said, restore us, O God, of our salvation and cause your anger towards us to cease. See, there's a time for both. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Here's the best question of the chapter. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. And I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. 
And let them not turn back to their folly. See, that's, that's the thing that gets me right there. One step forward, two steps back. Return to their folly. Will you not revive us again? <laughs> Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. The glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Where did that happen? I'll tell you where it happened. It happened at Calvary. Mercy and truth met together. <laughs> Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and he shall make his footsteps our pathway. Will you know how long? Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Now, I got a question, Mag Church. I don't, you don't look all that spiritual, so hopefully I can talk to you. There's some people just too spiritual to preach to. I mean, they got it all figured out. I know most of you. You're not, uh, you, you, I think I can talk to you. Do you ever, does that ever, your, if you were going to pray, that would be good. Do you ever get to a place where you just start? Because I, t this is a psalmist getting real with God. That's what it is. Some of it we don't even know we can get real with God. We think if we don't see the lightning flash and hear the thunder and the wind doesn't blow like a, like, like a, a cool, gentle breeze and on the lakeside in the summer that, we, that God hasn't heard us. When really there's sometimes you just go into his presence and say, God, how long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long? Shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted above me? David said that, the sweet singer of Israel. And somewhere, well, I always know where it came. It always came from that perverted junk of, of, you know, of, the, of a positive confession. Why in the world... The church leadership of the, of the 70s and 80s didn't rebuke that stuff until they killed it is beyond me. <laughs> I just go ahead and tell you that positive confession and mental imaging and all that junk, it's new age, it's witchcraft, frankly. <laughs> I read the psalmist being real. I, I, you know what, I just believe we would be in a better place with God if we could say, you know what, God, I've had enough. How long? I don't read anywhere in this book where he was upset by people's questions like that. I don't, not one time did he smoke somebody for saying, God, I'm desperate for you. Where are you? How long? 
I don't find one time. But I think it's permeated the church world where we don't think we can even come. Oh, we, we got to come in like in King James English or you don't hear us. And I think that stuff makes him sick. I think that pretentious. I got other adjectives, but I better keep those to myself. Presumptuous. Have you ever met somebody that they were so everything that it's made you sick? Uh, maybe y'all are more holy than I am. Because there's people that they were just so something that I think, I can't stand to listen to you. Hush. You're getting on my nerves. There ain't nobody that nice. I didn't have that much syrup on my pancakes this morning, but you're gagging me. I like a little honey on my biscuit, but this is ridiculous. By the way, Proverbs has something to say about a flattering tongue, in case you didn't know. Hello? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest my sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice and I, where I am moved. But I have trusted your mercy. David's questions, listen, his questions are not, I don't know, I don't trust you. His questions are, God, everybody knows who I am and whose I am. And I declare who you are, and look what's going on. How long? How long? Lest the enemies that I'm standing up against think they're winning. He's asking God to come redeem his name. How long? But I have trusted your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing in the Lord because he has dealt with me bountifully. David was not whining or asking God, that, or accusing God of not doing for him. He was saying, I need you. They're prevailing over me. I can't hear you. How long? It's a good question. How long? And I am asking it. I'm asking it. I try to sleep this afternoon and I would wake up. How long? How long? How long until you show up in such glory in a service that we can't move on? How long? They're not, they, I'll tell you what a, how a preacher's thinking because people are so silly or, I, or maybe preachers are so full of themselves. That's true. They are, that people think it's, you want things for you. I couldn't care less about things for me. What I care about is the glory of the Lord filling the house where people's lives are changed. Where, where heaven kisses earth. He just talked about that, the, that heaven and earth kissed in the last verse we just read. God, how long? How long do a bunch of students need to hear this preacher talk about there's a real God who gets involved in real lives, who delivers from real situations, that he'll break that junk off of your life? 
How long are they going to hear it preached without any demonstration of it? Because I can't make it happen. God, how long? They, if, if I keep preaching it and you don't care and it doesn't happen, they're going to quit believing me if they ever believe me to begin with. How long? How long? How long? In Isaiah chapter 6, he's just seen the Lord high and lifted up. He just pronounced five chapters of woe. When, when you see woe in the word, it ought to stop you in your tracks. Woe. And then it says that it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. And the train of his glory filled the temple. Y'all, the, the presence of God filled the temple like smoke and the pillar shook under his presence. Who will go? He says, I'm a man. He, he, he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Who can go? And it says then that an angel of the Lord went down and took hot coals from off the altar with tongs and come and touched my lips. And when he touched his lips, when he was cleansed with the fire from off the altar, he said, who will go? He said, here I am, Lord, send me. And then he asked a question. This is, this is the immediate question after he's seen God, the Lord, in all of his glory. And he's been commissioned as a prophet with clean lips. Listen to what Isaiah says. He says, and then in verse 11, I, then I said... Well, let me read, let me back up. Then, who will go? Lord, here I am. Verse 8, send me. And God said, he said, go and tell this to the people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make your heart Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and their eyes shut unless they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. You know what Isaiah was about to ask him? Then I said, Lord, how long? He's saying that the question is to what the Lord said. Go keep telling them. If they don't hear, tell them anyway. If they don't see, tell them anyway. If they don't change, tell them anyway. Because that's the prophets all through. And I know what that feels like to preach your guts out. And nothing changes. Lord, how long? How long? He said, and the Lord answered him. Then I said, verse 11, Lord, how long? And he, that's God, said, until the cities are laid waste and without habitation. Until the houses are without a man and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and forsaken the places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be and I will return and be for consuming. And a timber tree and as, as the oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. You know what, he, you know what he's saying? Let me help you with that. Keep preaching it until... He comes. This stump that's cut down. It was out. There was one that was coming, he said, that would be what? Out of the root of Jesse. How long? 
Until it all falls apart if necessary. Until he comes. How long? It's a good, church, it's a valid question. How long before this glory falls in this place? How long before we will praise him without priming and pumping and begging and screaming and yelling? How long? It's a valid question. I'll insert, I'll tell us again. There is no requirement or anything for, uh, there is no unction required, no feeling needed to obey the Lord in thanksgiving and in praise. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to want to. You don't have to be invited. It is a command of God. It is who we are supposed to be from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. His name is worthy to be praised. We should not have to be any of that thing. I'll ask Mag Church, it's a valid question. How long? How long? Because I can tell you one of the things, who wants to see his glory fill the house? Who wants to see his glory fill the house? Let me help you with something. He is enthroned on the praises of his people. How long? How long, church? How long? I'll tell you what I thought even this afternoon. I think, Lord, have I missed it? Am I even a pastor? Put me on the field. I will blaze it hot and leave. Because people will take it from an evangelist. They get mad at their pastor. He was quick to remind me that I was right where he called me to be, doing exactly what he called me to do. And he said, until. 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 I thought, Lord, I'm not very good at it. Because if I was good at it, we could. <laughs> I told the Sunday school class this morning, do you know what the bane of the church has been? There's been a lot of it, but there, here's a chapter. There ought to be a book called The Bane of the Church with 47 chapters. One of those things is church growth programs. Everything has been sacrificed in the name of big churches. Filling it up, putting butts in the seats. How do we get shallow? Because we, we dumbed it down so people could take it. How do we get shallow? Because we started making it a humanitarian effort instead of a soul winning station. That's how. I can tell you the United Way can feed the, can feed the hungry and put jackets on. The Lions Club can give people glasses. But only the church of the Lord Jesus Christ can give people eternal life. We're the only one that has it. We're all. If we, when we reduce the church to a humanitarian organization, we have become idolatrous and we have missed it. If it's not gospel first, then we have lost sight of who we are. Lord, how long? I asked you just a week ago, Elijah asked the same question. You know he asked the same question up on Carmel? He said, how long? He said to Israel, he said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, serving church. I'll tell you things. I ought to get off social media. Amen. You should too. <laughs> you know what? It is a window into the soul. Because I'm going to tell you, it's just like everything else. People tend to talk about what they care about. Right. Yeah. I need to fall off the stage. 
Because that's what people do. They tend to talk about what they care about. I posted about it right before church. I'm mad. I am mad. I am mad. I'm sick of every Tom, Dick, and Harry preacher today that's had more to say about Florida State not getting in the stinking playoffs than they have about people not getting into the kingdom. Who cares? Who cares? I wish the church, this church, and every church, I said a half, a third, a quarter would be half as concerned. That, that there's no touch of God in our services that who gets in the stupid playoffs in the at college football. They won't know. They won't remember next year. Please. Why does that bother me? I'll tell you why. Because where people spend their money and spend their time Tells you where their heart is. That's what the word says. And what they talk about is where their heart is. What they care about is displayed in the open. They don't even think of, it's my, I have, I don't know, followers and friends and seven or eight thousand people. And all I see all day, and it's preachers. That's all they're talking about. You say, that shouldn't bother you. Oh, really? How long do I got? I'm bothered by people that are more concerned about who didn't get in the playoff than they are about whose children was being molested and not saying a word to their leadership. That bothers me, and it should bother you. Priorities. It's sick is what it is. Will you not revive us again? God, how long? Sometimes I want to say, Lord, how long until you expose these frauds for what they are? You know what that is? I preached it this morning. That's the grace of God. He had rather call home and cover and bring them back than he had to expose and judge. He really had. But how long? I read in Habakkuk chapter 1. Yeah, I, 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 just, I, I didn't have it just a little while this afternoon to start pulling some things together. But I, I start seeing a theme. See, I thought I, was, I, I, I thought I was kind of being snide. And I, I try to be real with me. I do. I thought, people are sick of me. He said, I didn't, I, you know what? He don't care. I started noticing a trend. Habakkuk chapter 1. Oh Lord. How long. Will I cry. And you will not hear. Even cry out to you. Violence. And you will not save. Here, me and, me and Habakkuk could be on this one. How long shall I cry and you not hear? Even cry to you violence and you will not save. This is why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? 
For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous and therefore perverse judgment proceeds. You know, you know what? I understand that. Lord, why do you show it to me if you're not going to do anything? Come on, somebody. I, I don't find any rebuke for Habakkuk. Not anywhere, because I've had that. Do you know? No, it's, most of you don't, it's, but I'm going to ask the question. because Do you know what it's like for God to give you spiritual insight and watch people destroy themselves, and you preach, and you preach, and you teach, and you show, and they destroy themselves anyway? Amen, preacher. And they walk out the door, nothing changes. They know it's right. They'll amen you, maybe. They'll even tell you a good sermon. And man, I like to hear you preach. I don't care. Sometimes, you know what that makes me do? Now people won't tell me anymore. That's okay. You know what you, you know, sometimes it makes you, it makes you go, ugh. <laughs> Jeff, it's what it does. You get to the, ugh. <laughs> Like I threw up a little in my mouth. You know why? Because who cares if you agree with it? Or who cares if you like the way it sounded if you don't apply it and change your life? How long? It's good preaching, whether you like it or not. How long? I think I, 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 just this afternoon, I give you, I, I tell y'all too much probably. Uh, Lord, If I didn't see this stuff quite so clearly, because you, I, I, how many knows he knows you? He, know, he knows me. He knows me. He knows if he shows it to me, I can't keep my mouth shut. It wouldn't matter if the Pope or the President or the General Superintendent, it don't matter who was sitting there. If he shows it to me, then when I get in the pulpit and he drops it in my heart, I might stop and go, oh, man, am I going to say that? I mean, you've heard me say that. Mm. Mm. But you know what he knows I'm going to do? That I'm going to load up, call, pull, cock both barrels, and pull. That's what I'm going to do. What I'm trying to tell you on that is he knew what he was getting when he got me. It might even be why. I think... Lord, I could get more people in this place if you wouldn't make me be so me. <laughs> no, they don't. Men prefer the darkness rather than light. Why? John chapter 3, why? You know, the same one that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, have everlasting life of God, and for Jesus come not to condemn the world but through him the world might be saved and all that and then he goes he says and he talk, goes about talking about the light in verse 19 and he says you know what that men preferred the darkness rather than the light and he told you why because their deeds were evil I thought Lord how long when even church people that are supposed to be in love with your word can handle it Instead of running off and showing up every three or four weeks because they're offended. We have a house full of those at Mag Church. That's just honest. We have the staples, 
that are never going anywhere. I don't know what you could do to offend them. I'm, I like those people. Then you have the ones that come saying, oh, we need a church. We love you. We, watch, we love your truth. And you know what? They love the truth until it affects them. Until it confronts them. Instead of surrender, you run. You know, but the good thing about that is, Matt, is I was one of those people. And I know that there's a chance if you just keep going it. And they keep, if they keep showing up every now and again, there's going to be one of these days where the truth of God's word just knocks them out. And the Spirit of God just lays them open and, when, and lays them bare. And everything changes when that happens. That's how long until, I don't know, I'm glad y'all are here tonight and I, I'm glad you, I can hear you a little bit, but I just come to preach to me. How long? I like to preach to me. If I don't, by the way, if I don't preach to me, I can't preach to you. It's truth. It's truth. How long, God? How long, Lord? And when you're not here, even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why? You show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble, for plundering and violence are before me, and strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless, the justice goes forth, and the wicked surround the righteous, and therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Look among the nations and watch. This is, God has a reply here. The quotes changed. I, I probably need to help somebody. Between four and five, there was a, there's, a, there's a change in who's speaking. Because see, five has a new set of quotes. It doesn't say, and the Lord said. You just start seeing a change in voice. I needed you to know that. I, I always trying to teach you how to read this thing. Habakkuk asked the question. Verse 5, God starts to answer. Look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. I will work a work in your day which you would not believe though it were told you. I like that. Now, I don't like what he's going to go on and tell them how it's going to happen. Because, you know, God doesn't do things the way we would. Do you know how he was going to do it in Habakkuk's days? He says, I'm going to do a work among you. You're not, you won't believe it if I told you. For I, indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans. That wasn't what I had in mind. Oh, that could, I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> what if you pray? Now look at me. What if you prayed and you're going for answers and God says, I am fixing to answer you in a big way and it's going to be incredible. If I told you, you wouldn't believe it and your worst enemy's coming and they're going to do everything they can to destroy you. Would you have a hallelujah shouting time? Think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Buck and shout. No, you'd be re rebuking the devil when it wasn't the devil, it was God. You know, I'm pretty sure it could have been a different way, but this is what it's came to. A bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth and possesses the dwelling places that is not theirs. 
They are terrible and dreadful. Hmm. The judgment of their dignity proceed from themselves, and their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead, and their cavalrys from afar. They fly as an eagle and hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are, like, are, are set with the wind like the, like the east wind and gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings and their princes are scorned by them and deride every stronghold. And they heap up earth in mounds and seize it. And their mind charges and, the, and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing to the power of his God. Hmm. And then it changes back to the prophet. Now, I didn't see him writing a book and selling it on Amazon. I mean, it could have took, well, God's going to do something in you that you wouldn't believe and just went with that. What made you dizzy? God! I think that's maybe in the, I encourage you to read with some tone. Think about what God just said to him. The prophet says, how long? And God says, here he is. And he, oh, I would want to have mine, God. Are you kidding me? Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, the Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, have you appointed them for judgment? O Rock. Hey, boy, he started praising them. O Rock, have you marked them for correction? You, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on the wickedness. Why? Do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the, the, when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why? He, started, he went from how long to why? All these questions. I'm not going to read them all. Y'all okay? Because you know the prophet was doing like the preacher today. God, if you don't change the message, if you don't mail on me out, if you don't whatever, these people, I will stand my watch. And set myself on the rampart. And watch and see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I, when, when I'm what? When I am corrected. Oh, and the Lord answered. Next verse, two. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Boy, that write the vision, make it plain upon the tablets, preaches real good if you leave out chapter one. <laughs> write the vision, make it plain upon the tablets that he who reads it can run, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. And in the end, what's he addressing? What he just said was going to happen. I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans. Their, their horses are going to be swifter than leopards. And they're going to, they are going to, to, to sweep through the land and with no regard for anything. Now, why did that happen? Because his people, because 
The people was all in violence and, 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 and living against God. And the, and the prophet is praying and watching and come to tell them and saying, how long until you intervene? He said, I'm about to intervene. And this is how I'm going to intervene. So now go write the vision. Make it plain upon the tablets that they who see it may run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision, the vision was for, for, for repentance and restoration. He says, and in the end... It will speak and will not lie. You know what he's telling? What he's telling the prophet? This thing, my plan, that I'm about to pull off, it don't look great. And nobody's shouting over it. But when it's all said, let me say it this way. When it's all said and done, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come and will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is upright within him. Listen to what he says. This is the first time you hear it. Oh, if y'all want to start doing some really interesting reading, I encourage you to start working in the law of first mention. Because this is it. This is the first time you're going to hear it in all the words. You're going to hear Paul say, as it is written. And this is where it's written. Behold the proud. But... The just shall live by faith. Let me help you. It ain't going to look like you thought it would look. So you can't trust what you see. Because it looks like calamity. And it looks like judgment. And it looks like disaster. And it looks like I've forsaken you. And it look, it look. But I just told you, it's going to speak and not lie. Hear me and believe me. For for the just shall live by faith. It won't be what you see and what you think, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. It'll be what I said. Oh, that ought to be where we cheer and where we get a hold of it. But instead, we don't like it. We don't like it any more today than they liked it then. That ain't how I want you to. That's not how I want you to do it, God. You know what? It's not how I want him to do it either. But you know what? It's more important to me than that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to bring us to a place that it is more important that he does it than it is how he does it. That's Old Testament, preacher. God's different now. No, he ain't. Let me give you the New Testament. Acts 1 and 8. Anybody know what that says? Who you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, all of Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, 
and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth or New King James to the end of the earth you're going to be my witnesses that is that is you're willing to testify of me to the point of death that's what it means wow shout on that you should shout we all shout that you should receive power he told he told him Jeff he told him what was going to happen is that true hello this thing on Acts 1 8 Acts 8 1 tells you how he started doing it. You know how I know? Because it went, to Jeru- it went from Jerusalem to all of Judea to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want a book of Acts church. How many ever said that? Anybody? Me and Matt and Scott, a book of Acts church. New Testament church. Anybody? Who wants a New Testament church? Boy, now that I started preaching this this way, now people aren't so sure they want a New Testament church. They want a New Testament church. If I'd ask them this morning, they'd have wanted a New Testament church. Now I start talking about Habakkuk, how long, and God's going to do it this way. In the end, it will speak. You should receive power after that. The Holy Ghost comes to you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, all of Samaria, or all of Judea, Samaria, all the most parts of the earth. I want a book of Acts church, do you? Is it important to you that he, how he does it or that he does it? Here's how he did it. Because Acts 1 and 8 is the promise and the prophecy. Yes? Acts 8 and 1 is when he done it. Now Saul was consenting unto his death. That's Stephen. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church. Which was where? At Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And from there, if you keep reading Acts, the known world. The promise was you receive power and you'll be my witness. In Jerusalem, that's where you're at. All of Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Verse 8 and 1 tells you how a great persecution arose. You know why? I can tell you why. It's not really hard because you know what? People are people. Do you know that? People are people. Church people are people. New Testament book of Acts people. Upper room people. You know what they are? People. And they had a built up, set up everything in Jerusalem, and we'd all still be there. And at the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. Where was the church? Now, was it just, was, is he saying the church that was located in Jerusalem that much? No, he was saying it arose against the church. And it was only at Jerusalem. That's the only place the church was. And up until chapter. Y'all didn't want to know that much, huh? And there a great persecution arose the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Except the apostles. They stayed back at the moment. 
And they went and buried Stephen. And Saul made havoc with the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, all those who scattered went every... Oh. Oh. All those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. You would have thought God would have bought them a plane and a charter bus. You would have thought he would have prospered them and bought them the finest chariots and all of the Holy Land. And they'd have rode up and down the streets in their finery saying, look what the Lord has done. Just three weeks ago, people, just a few years ago, I was a starving fisherman. And today, I have more riches than, than Caesar could even handle. God's blessed me with chariots and horses and finances and following. Can't you just hear it? Doesn't that make you sick? What, you know what, it makes you sick because you put it in, in biblical context and you can see right off the bat that it's ridiculous. You know, that's not what he did. He didn't buy him a charter bus or a jet or give him a TV station or influence or any of those things. He didn't make them noted and loved. He let persecution come and scattered them. And they had had such an encounter with God that nothing could stop them. And when it scattered them, they preached the word everywhere they went. Then later on in the book of Acts, you're going to hear the all over the place complaining that those people from Jerusalem that have turned the world upside down have now came here. Well, I think the difference was they didn't have Facebook back then and nobody unfriended them. Because if somebody would have unfriended them, it would have probably stopped the gospel. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria. They hated them, by the way. Do you, have y'all forgotten since, since, since Jesus must go through Samaria and found that woman at the well that was a place of hated? It says, and Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. And the next place they went and delivered a sorcerer, and that hacked them off. You know why? Because they made a lot of money off of the sorcerer. Man, if, as long as you, you can get the devils out of people unless they're making money off the devils, then you got a problem. Lord, how long? Mag Church, how long? How long? How long? Ask God, how long? How long for we're a fraction of motivated about what's going on around us? 
than we are about the sports world and the political world and the financial world. How long is it until we stop trying to work God in? Work church in? I'll work him in. No, you won't. If he's not first, he's not interested. Preach to JR. Until we get there. When are we going to be able to sing again? Brandon, come play. We're about to pray. When are we going to be able to sing, the, sing again? I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be his. What are we going to? I'd rather be led by his nail-scarred hand. How long until we can sing again? Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Or how long until we can sing about a king? Said Rusty Goodman wrote something like, I couldn't care less if I could buy it all for a solitary dime. For what good would a world do me with leaving on my mind? How long, the the next questions are how long for us? How long until we praise him just because he's God? Until we walk in the door from the first note. When we come on the parking lot, here's what has to happen. I'll tell my family, I'll tell my staff, I'll tell the board, I'll tell you, I'll tell whoever's watching. Here's what has to happen. Here's the problem. We can't be getting pumped and primed when we get in the door. You have to have been in the prayer closet before you get here. You have to have been in the Word and involved with Him all week long. When you're involved with Him and His Word all week long, when you begin to develop a, a prayer life that, that is meaningful, you won't have, when, you get, when you pull on the parking lot, there won't any, be anybody having to prime the pump because the pump's already flowing. And when you walk in and the praises begin to go, thanksgiving will come in your heart and there'll be an awe of a holy God that will come who is worthy of every praise. And I'm telling you, when he shows up, he will demonstrate himself in power to all of our little rebellious punks around here. Some of y'all don't like that. I don't care. If you, I wouldn't embarrass Katrina or, or, or mom and dads and Jason or anybody. If I showed you video of our youth services when they're laying down in the seats sideways and everything else, and I, if, let me tell you, if our preacher ever walks out of here and goes and finds out, he's going to flip the tables. Y'all ain't hearing me. You're not hearing me. I'm talking about contempt, not just rebellion. I'm talking about contempt in our young people. I'm talking about they can't sit in the classroom like that in this God-forsaken school system we have where they're godless. They have, they have, they are, there's more respect demanded for, the thing, for, for everybody than right here in our church. Bored out of their skull, laying down across the seats, Barely, you can, the, 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 the indifference and the contempt is palatable on their faces. And it's okay with us. Or maybe you don't, and heaven forbid, Darren, Joe, I told you I might need that back door tonight. I said, keep the back door clear. I may need a way to get to it. Get me out of here in a hurry. And God forbid anybody say anything. Because the immediate reaction won't be, I'll take care of that preacher. It'll be, well, who told you that? 
Well, what about someone saying, stop it. Church people, stop it. If that garbage and that's what it is doesn't stop, if there's not a holy expectation, what do you think God's going to do? Amen or oh me. What do you think God's going to do? Well, you know what? We're lucky when I read where Uzzah, well, I think with the best of intentions, went to handle the presence of God just to keep him from falling over like God needed help. Because, see, there was a way to handle the presence of God. Oh, y'all are not hearing me. There is a way to have. When they walk up those stairs, when we walk in here, we are in God's house and His presence. And He deserves all respect. He deserves our attention. He deserves at least that you can set up straight and that you can. And I'll tell you, when I see them at a volleyball game that way, I'll shut up. When I see them at the baseball field, I'll shut up. When I see them at the football field like that, I'll shut up. When I see them with that kind of less interest at all those things, I'll shut up. But until then, you know why I don't have to worry about saying that? Because it's not going to happen. When Ezra mishandled the presence of the Lord, God struck him dead. This is the stuff I'm talking about. God, how long are you going to have me say stuff like that? He said, you know what the answer is, Scott? Until. Until mamas and daddies and grandparents quit being big babies and getting offended and worried about their little, their, their baby not, not being the most popular in the youth room and stop worrying about, that. I can't, who are they to get under my baby? You, if you don't stop it, It's true. And we don't have bus kids here, so I'm talking about ours. Our kids. How long? How long? What's that mean? I don't care what so-and-so was doing. Why don't you care about yours? You know what? I care about mine. Then let, yeah, let me just go ahead and get some things straight. If I had some things to do over again, I would do them a different way. But you know what I didn't have? I didn't have, uh, and since I've been gone from Van Buren, I didn't have a preacher with, with the whatevers to say stuff like that. I was raised in a world where, where that's how church was. Where there was misbehaving anywhere, there was, where there was contempt anywhere, where there was lazy anywhere, that, that some church mama would pinch a goose pinch underneath you and straighten you up in a hurry. And you know what? Nobody thought a thing about it. And now somebody would be splitting the church over it. This church. That junk is in this church. I'd do some things over again, but you know what? I love my little buggy. She was sitting on the front. I was preaching in Desark one day, and she was sitting right there on the front row and fell over asleep. And I stopped everything. I said, when my daughter decides to be in the house of the Lord and give it some respect, we'll continue. 
Lest you think that I'm picking on you. Did that happen? Yeah, it happened. And a thousand other stories. How long, church? How long before we remember that there's a prayer meeting at 5 o'clock on Sunday? Because I can tell you that tells you a lot about what people really care about. We have a prayer meeting at 5 o'clock on Sunday. It's not hard to make it. You know why I'm harping on that? Because what we pray about tells us what we care about. Hmm. Well, preacher, I pray on my, if you do, I'm glad. I'm sure some people do. I'm glad. But most of us aren't because you know what? The Bible tells us about when we pray, what happens in the church. And see, I don't have to come to your house. I don't have to have conversations. We don't have to lie to each other or not because the, because the symptoms in the church says that we're, what, we're not where we need to be in prayer. Hmm. Some of you are saying, yeah, you're right. If you quit preaching like that, we'd have more people. What in the world good does it do if you have 3,000 of them and none of them are discipled and make heaven? What difference does it make? I'll go back to the beginning and tell you I'm mad. I'm not mad at you or you. I'm mad at the spiritual condition and the apathy that doesn't change it. Hmm. And then we wonder why he, had ra- why he raised up the Chaldeans with leopards as swift as horses. I can tell you why. They didn't care either. They gave it lip service but didn't, but didn't change. It didn't become serious and important until they were invaded. And I've said it for four and a half years and I'll say it again tonight. I do not think America will turn until America crashes. But MAG doesn't have to be that way. I am telling you that this local body will turn, will get on their car on the carpet, will push away the plate, will get serious about, will begin to cry out, God, how long? As a body in unity, it doesn't have to be that way here. But if that's how it has to be, that's how it will be, Jeff. You know what it'll be? You know what, though? In the end, it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarry, wait. When is there going to be a cry in the church again? How long? I'm asking. I don't remember. One time in six months have I walked in the door and heard a wail in in, in the prayer room. One time. When is there going to be a wail of anguish over our condition? Our condition. Never mind Orange County. Never mind Texas, Louisiana, the United States. Never mind that. Our condition. And I didn't come to pick fights. I didn't come to point out people's failures. I didn't come to embarrass Kat and Jason or moms and dads. But I did come to ask us how long 
and to tell you the reality of it. I, pro- I probably just should have put it on the screen. How long? Because I want to tell you something, including me. Until the people who sit around here, when they're here, see a desperation in us, they don't believe us. They believe you're a, you're a sports fan because they see you. They believe you're passionate about those things. And you know what? People think I'm just, I'm just mad about that. I don't, I, listen, I'm going to scream at the ball game too. But I'm not going to care about more than that than I care about what's happened in the church. I'm going to get what's right, right first. I'm not, everybody don't have to sit around and crochet potholders and not leave the house to be living for God. I'm just being downright real with our kids can see what's important to us. And they believe that. They don't believe that the spiritual things are important to us because they don't see it. How long? How long? Till we lift up holy hands without wrath before a holy God. How long before we come into his presence with thanksgiving into his courts with praise? How long until we've, we've reduced worship to singing? How long until we worship? Worship's not singing. Worship is obedience. How long? Because Mag Church, when we do, He will not despise us. He will not reject us. Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'm, in case you're wondering, I ask JR those same questions every morning. How long till you get desperate? How long when, until nothing, nothing else matters to you? How long? God said, stand with me. He says, I search among you for some, someone, someone who would stand in the gap, who would make up the hedge. Do you know what he said? I found none. I found no one. But you go over to Isaiah 58 and you begin to read about the fast that God blesses. And you'll read through and it'll tell you that it turns your heart to the poor and, 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 turn, and, it, and it begins to deal with you. Fasting deals with you. Then when it's, all said, when it's all said and done, when he begins to deal with you, he starts talking about then that your, your life's going to break through like the morning. And joy will spring up like the fountains. You remember, I searched for one among you that would make up the hedge, stand in the gap. He says, and then, after all, he said, then you shall be called the repairer of the breach. Are we going to do it? Mag, it's an important question. How long? Let's come pray. And I'm going to ask you a question as you come. 
I'm not even going, I won't call you by name. I'll just assume, just assume I'm talking to you. How long? How long until you get mad? I give you permission. I'm your pastor. I'm not asking you to do anything outside of Scripture. Y'all are still looking at me like I'm crazy. There's things you ought, you ought to love what God loves, hate what God hates. And there's things that ought to make you mad. I'm not talking about Facebook rants here. I'm talking about the drive you, compel you to pray and to fast and to care. And to not swallow every bit of garbage that comes down. Well, that's just the world we live in today. We're, not in, we're in this world, not of this world. How long? I'm going to ask you one more time. How long until you get mad about it? And you should be. You shouldn't be irritated or wondering or just accepting how long until you've had enough. And then your weapons won't be, won't be carnal. They won't be fleshy. They'll be mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. We have mighty weapons. But it don't matter how many weapons I have if I don't use them. Thank you, Father, for your word. <laughs> Will you not revive us again? God, help us. How long? Stir us. Compel us. How long? We ask. In Jesus' name. How long? Church, I don't know why he didn't put me on the road. He put me in a in a pastoral position. I don't know why he did that. But here we are. Here we are. How long? How long until there's a hunger for the baptism in the Holy Spirit that it becomes rather than a, than a, than a spiritual trinket on a spiritual gift, gift shop table that if you want it, take it until it becomes God's plan for his church again. All of it. He'll baptize a Baptist. He'll baptize a Methodist. He'll, ba- he'll baptize anybody that's a child of the living God. He'll do it. You know why? Because it's it's the, the promise is for you and your children. How long? There's one thing about he won't become he don't force he won't become anybody's lord by force, and he won't baptize anybody by force. You gotta want him. That's how he is. How long?
Is there anybody in the house right now that would just, right now, just begin to tell him, God, I need you. I need you. Oh, not that. But I need you, God. I, 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 I don't know if I can do it another week if I don't have your power. God, I need you if I'm going to raise these children. If I'm going to, Lord, I need you if I'm going to be a good husband. Lord, I need you if I'm going to see a change in my family. God, I need you. Change me. It's got to start with me. Lord, change me. Help me. Who would say, God, I need you and I'll, every, everything and anything and everything that you have for me, I want. Anything and every, and you know what? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. How many would say, God, I want everything you have for me. And get a cry of desperation in their voice. When, when we realize that our kids are not going to turn out like anybody else, or will turn out just like everybody else's kids if there's not a move of God. We won't be different because we go to church. We'll be different because we have an encounter with the living God. We won't be different because somebody spoke in tongues. My mamma used to speak in tongues. We'll be different because we had an encounter with the Spirit of God that burned up the chaff in our life. <laughs> They'll be different when they have the power to stand up against the winds of this world. And that won't come from their self. We'll be different when we want time with God more than we want time with the television or with our favorite book or with, our, with, with YouTube or with social media. That's when it'll be different. Who will say it? God, I, I got to have you. That it'll be more than a Sunday night as at 7.36, that tomorrow morning and next Sunday and two weeks from now, that it'll still be in your heart. That I've got to have you. If you woke up in the morning and the stock market had crashed and the national power grid was down and the nation was under nuclear attack, would you get right with God then? Because I'm going to tell you, it would be better to be already right with him. Because if it's not already true, you might jump off of the roof instead of running to God. It's true. I might get my weapons out, but it might be to end me and my family rather than to run to God and, and see the power of God in a desperate situation. Church, that is absolutely true. Go read any time it's ever happened and you'll see that not everybody ran to God. and It wasn't always revival in everybody's life. Some people jumped out the window because they didn't know what to do. And they, they, there had never been a demonstration for God, so they had no reason to believe it. It's true, Jeff. It's true. Would you cry out to him? I can't cry out to him for you. I can only cry out to him for me and on your behalf as your pastor. Will you?
God, we got to, I've got to, we've got to have you. 